1: you. Welcome back. Oh, and good morning. It is Wednesday, 10.45 a.m. in the territory of Alice. At this moment in time, various folks are doing various things. Logan Lyeth, chieftain of Alice, is at the mechanic, getting a professional's opinion on his incapacitated SUV.
2: Boy, what caused this then?
3: Uh, huh. Well...
1: When Logan had asked our prophetess a few nights ago, she had offered up a rather dazzling interpretation of events. On her way home, some invisible creature had ripped off the trunk and jabbed a hole into the ceiling of his SUV. When she had said this, it was late. Logan didn't have a retort because, hey, what do you say to that? But now, standing before his mechanic, he decides not to go that same route.
3: My secretary got a little sleepy at the wheel on the way to pick up the prophetess. Whoa, that's
2: dangerous. Everybody okie-dokie? Yep. That'll revoke his license for a bit, you know. Uh, alright. Well, how's the new wise woman treating you?
1: Logan turns so his sour face doesn't give him away.
3: Uh, fine. Just Fine.
1: Back in Lyath Hall, Luciana Lyeth, Logan's partner, has opened her eyes to a silenced alarm clock and an empty space in the bed next to her.
0: Uh, He's up early.
1: Kind of weird, right? She journeys to the kitchen for a pour-over as she reviews the three separate lesson plans for today. (sighs) Up the stairs, two doors down the third floor, Dune Lyeth hasn't slept. He takes a look at the clock, now 10.47, he rubs furiously at his eyes, worried he's late for something, before remembering that he's really got nothing going on these days.
4: Uh, When's the last time I even slept?
1: You took that nighttime cold medicine on Tuesday. You slept well then.
4: Uh, Then why do I feel so bad?
1: Because that was last Tuesday. What have you been pondering these late nights,
4: Dune? Our understanding of the infinite is finite, so can we truly understand what's next?
1: All right. Ellie Lyeth sits patiently at school a few streets away from the hall, currently in Territorial History class. Donovan F. attempts to flirt by chucking pieces of paper at the back of her head. Stop. Donovan F. stops for about three minutes. Dude. Ellie punts it between his eyes. She smiles at the teacher, who smiles back because fuck Donovaneth, honestly. Mikhail Lyath, eldest of the Lyaths, outside of Logan and Luciana, is at art class for kiddos ranging from ages four to six. That age gap is stifling today as Mikhail tries to set up his best devised project yet. It's gonna be so good, right? Oh yeah. Finger paint day, finger pain day, finger paint day! Oh, yeah. Oh, Benton's half mooning at table three.
5: Oh, Benton, pants all the way up, friend. It's called underwear because you wear it under things. And what if I don't? It disappears! <laughs> no, no,
1: no! Mikhail claims a success as Benton hikes up his trousers. Elerliath, who is always surprisingly younger than he makes himself out to be, is at his internship at the salt distribution plant. He loads scoopfuls of unfiltered salt into carts. At the moment he can manage, he sneaks some texts to his mother's personal assistant.
5: Hey, Ags. how about Peakview Park today?
1: This very Agnes sits patiently outside of the food courts of the open market district, waiting for our prophetess. Bored, but less so in that Text tone hits. She reads. She smiles. Rourke has an overnight shift, so... Peak View
5: Park tonight.
1: Ooh, Agnes smiles again. And uses that feature where you can like the message instead of using your words. Agnes? Huh? Oh, Sorry, Dylan. Beside her sits Dylan, secretary to Logan Lyeth. He's holding a large orange cup with a straw poking out the top. It's
6: filled with iced coffee.
7: (sighs) You good, Dylan? Fantastaroonie. You
6: make up words when you're not good.
7: I always make up words. Are you implying that I'm never good?
6: She was,
1: but Agnes is not about to open that can of worms.
6: I heard about the license. That's really unfair, Dylan. Do you have a way to get to the factory this afternoon?
7: I have legs.
6: Dune'll be home. Ask him for a ride.
7: (laughs) Nah, I'm dandy.
6: He'd be real glad to. Besides, I'm sure you'd do the same if you had the chance.
7: Of course I would.
6: Take him for a ride, I mean. (laughs) Agnes,
1: it's a little early to introduce that type of subplot, isn't it?
7: Rourke's out this weekend, huh? Got plans, though?
6: What? Time, did Tara say?
7: Thirteen minutes ago.
6: <clears throat> Pretzel?
7: Oh, yeah.
1: They wait for Terra, Alice's new residential prophetess, who's a bit behind on her prophetic consultations. Currently, she's in her office on the first floor of Liath Hall. She has been listening to a very long story told by a grizzly folk on the other side of her desk.
2: So, I live on the farmland at the edge of Vallis with Ma, and Ma owns cows. I help with the cows. In this, this celestial sleep vision, I was getting the cow, real mundane stuff, you know? And then the cow started chasing me, all crazy, you know? But it had the eyes of my Ma, real blazing, angry, staring at that check in my hands like I was supposed to do something with it. Where did the check come from? Yeah, I was holding a check when I was getting the cow.
1: Not Tara's question, but it really helps paint the dreamscape. She nods.
8: And then what?
2: Well, uh, that's when my alarm went off. Uh, The dream ended, my alarm went off. Is that bad? That like cut off the message? No, no. Um, what color was it? The cow, uh, black and white.
8: Hmm. Was it big?
2: Big like how? Well-fed. Oh, hella thick, yeah!
8: And you live with your mom? Uh,
2: yeah. I have for 30 years. How'd you know?
8: Did you get a lot of money recently? Perhaps a... Steady income?
2: I recently got hired at the circle factory. My first real job. How'd you know? Has, how do I word this?
8: The cow's getting mad with you being so close all the time. It needs space. It's fat, so that often represents prosperity that you've come into and the running. Well, your mom wants you to move out.
2: Are you saying my mom doesn't love me? No,
8: I'm saying you're 30 and can start living like it.
2: That, that's rude. You don't know shit.
8: Well, okay.
2: It's just a dream. That you were desperate to meet
8: with the prophetess about?
2: You're wrong. I know my mom.
8: Well, then how about we practice open communication and you talk to her about it?
2: I don't need to. I know what she's going to say. And what's that? That nothing needs to change. Ever. Ah.
1: She catches the drift. The real problem. Have you.
8: She decides to change tactics. Alright. Yeah. Huh? No, you're right. I was mistaken. Their eyes widen a rather frightened amount. You know what to do, so it sounds like we're done here.
1: Tara busies herself with the paperwork in front of her, scrunching her eyebrows in that deeply interested way to really bring that wow factor. The dreamer remains seated. Their fingers twiddle, then stop twiddling.
2: I'm gonna call her up right now, and you'll feel friggin' stupid, chick.
8: If you think that's a good idea, you should totally do it.
2: I do. I'm gonna sit right here and ask her if I should move out. Sounds great. Good, yeah. Uh, could, could I? I'll
8: give you some privacy, sure. They reach
1: into their pocket and dial. Terra nabs a palm full of cashews and exits into the hall. She loiters, letting the little anger she had built up dissolve. She gets the inkling that she needs to take a major tonal shift when they end that call. Maybe scrounge together some next steps, help them get off their feet. Wilkett's office has a printer. He's never in while she's working. Likely a deliberate choice, but she's decided early on not to take that too personally. He also doesn't lock his door, so... Fair game, Tara figures. The room is, to her surprise, already occupied. A shadowy folk's back is towards her, hunched over a filing cabinet. Tara's heart takes a sharp left. She had left her staff in the office. She has no way to defend herself against... Oh. Tara? Luciana turns to face her, stunned. She wears a plain dress that pinches pleasantly at the shoulders, tasteful glasses. She looks half her age. Or rather, what Tara figures her age ought to be.
8: Luciana! I'm so sorry. Tara! Didn't mean to scare you. What are you- I just- I have an appointment, and they're on the phone with someone. I figured I could print off a few things while I waited- Logan's usually not here around this time.
6: Oh, I'm aware. Logan's behind on some inquiries. I figured I'd grab some paperwork to get a head start for him. Go ahead and print things. Don't mind me. Thanks. Password is Logi9.
1: Luciana smiles and taps a couple files on the desk. Tara looks up. Unsure if she had heard that right? Then absolutely certain that she did.
8: Logi-9. Is that with an I-E or Y? I-E. <laughs> Amazing. This
1: tells us something new about Logan, doesn't it? I'm not exactly sure
6: what. How's it going? The prophetess...
8: The or the... Prophet things. It's interesting. Because half of requests are folks who are at the end of their rope and really need my help, and half who, well, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they don't really know what I do, I have some weird inquiries coming up. What's the weirdest? One's, like, asking me to be a pet whisperer. They want me to see why it won't eat any of the food they're giving them. How do you even go about that? Well, I'm pretty sure they're vegan and snakes aren't, so easy fix. Huh. How much of your job is just common sense? 75
0: to 90%. What do you do?
8: Outside of Logan's out-of-territory meetings?
0: I teach full-time at the University of Alice.
1: Oh, right. This is a U territory. This simply means a territory with a U. The U stands for university. What do you teach?
8: Philosophy and territorial theology. Underground and post. I need to hear all about that. I think we can learn a lot from each other.
6: We should talk. There's a lot to talk about that I'd
0: love your spry opinion on. Not now, though. I walk to work.
1: Tara makes eye contact with a picture of Logan and Luciana on his desk. They look about ten years younger. He smiles in it.
8: Odd, right? But why? Hey, Luciana. Lucy's just fine. What is it? Do you know when Logan usually gets in? I just need to check in with him. We haven't really spoken much since the first day, and I... You and me both. Right. You're doing fine. Just trust that. Thank you. Lucy.
1: They part ways at the door. And... Tara finds the Dreamer sitting quietly where she had left them. Their phone is on the desk, chin in their hands.
2: I figured... really? I just... how'd you know?
8: Change is scary. I get it. I just moved hundreds of miles away from my home. And guess what? What? I'm going to be okay. Okay. And you're going to be okay, too.
2: I don't know how to start.
1: Tara slides the printed pages across the desk,
8: still warm. These are some listings near the Circle Factory. It's not too far from the farmlands, so you'll be able to comfortably visit your ma whenever you want. Do you have any potential roommates in mind? They nod once. Twice when they
1: remember that they actually have friends.
8: You don't have to pick from these. It's just to get an idea of what's out there. Thanks.
1: She busies herself as they go, scanning the pages as the door closes. She allots a moment of contented victory. Then her eyes flit to the clock. Shit. Agnes and Dylan still wait in the marketplace, a bit more impatient than they were at 1045. She's late. She's late. There is no way I'm about to narrate an uneventful shopping trip. Instead, I offer you their personal highlights. Like, Tara got an excellent deal on a desk chair and is planning on reupholstering it this weekend. Fun. Agnes bought a handcrafted set of partner mugs and a new hat. Cute. Dylan procured a pretzel on the walk home, and it had just the right amount of salt. Big wins here. Big wins. They enter Lyeth Hall at the end of it, weighing twice what they did under the sheer weight of Terra's new things. Dune Lyeth loiters in the hall. He's wearing pants this time. He has done nothing today.
0: Yet.
4: Dill Pickle! Grouse. Terra, piece of paper. Greetings. Okay. And agriculture. What you up
6: to? We got basically everything Tara needed. New sheets, a DIY dresser, groceries that'll last at least a week, booyah. That's
4: very interesting. (laughs) Wow.
6: Yeah. All right. Well, I was kind of workshopping ways to really make the most out of your space. And I really think we need to- Burn the quilts. Oh, completely. And
1: Tara and Agnes peel away, talking of ways to arrange the living room and fridge. Dune looks at Dylan. Dylan looks at Dune.
4: Sup, hey. You're usually hanging around the office, so I was like, where's Dylan?
7: <laughs> oh, I went shopping with Tara. Wanted to help out?
4: Yeah, no, yeah. Totally, that's allowed.
7: <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs>
4: uh,
7: hey, how are uh, you? You look tired.
4: Thank you. So do you.
7: <laughs> Still not sleeping?
4: It's not, like, I'm not trying. No, I know. Like, it's just hard, and especially when like I can't not fucking think
7: totally it's not like you can shut your brain off
4: exactly and i feel like that's what every folk's been telling me to just do and then they tell me to do more stuff during the day but i can't because i'm tired
7: i'm really sorry let me know if i can do anything
4: totally Uh, yeah hey uh, dad mentioned you were going to the factory district this evening you need a ride? Oh, pff. nah, I'll be fine. Which factory is it?
7: Circle, I think. That's a long walk. It's only about 40 minutes.
4: It's about 45. Potato,
7: tomato.
4: Those are two completely different things.
7: Is that not how the phrase goes?
1: <laughs> Dune pauses and looks somewhere else, seemingly enthralled with whatever isn't Dylan. It's quite showy.
4: I can take you if
7: you want. It's okay. I don't want to trouble
4: you. I mean, I have done nothing today. It would be nice to leave the house.
7: You don't have to if you don't want to. I would like
4: to give you a fucking ride to the factory. Is that okay? I
7: think that's fine then.
1: Logan Lyeth exits the hall of offices and spots the group. His face sours at the number of shopping bags.
3: Is this a secretary shopping trip? On the job, clocked in?
6: Oh, I'm a PA. And don't worry, Luciana gave me the go-ahead
7: this morning.
3: I see. And Dylan, did I ask you to?
7: I had some free time. You really only gave me the circle order to get, which Dune offered to drive me to. Dune?
4: Is that true? Uh, yeah. Why the fuck wouldn't it be? Is that...
3: Okay. All right now. Take those up to Tara's room first. I can help. Actually, I was hoping to have a word with you. Oh, great. About what? Go help them. Okay.
6: I'll take those from
1: you, Tara. Oh, uh. Hesitantly, a bit pained, Tara plops her grocery bags into Agnes's already overspilling arms. She juggles her balance, but flicks away at the helping hands from Dylan. I got it. I can do it. Dune takes a stack of bedsheets off of the very top of Dylan's stack, and nothing else. Agnes, Dylan, and Dune hobble up the stairs. Logan stands, hands on hips in that dad way, and watches
3: Tara. What's up? I want to begin by starting fresh. We got off on the wrong foot your first day. I apologize for that. You caught me at a bad time.
8: This surprises Tara. Thanks. That means a lot. I'd like to start over too.
3: Great. So the shopping for your room must have been successful. How is your day going?
8: It is well. Had some appointments scheduled today. I spoke with Luciana. Her job sounds so interesting.
3: Ah, nice, nice.
8: He teeters a bit, expectantly. How is your day going?
3: Oh, I just got back from the mechanic.
8: Oh, How's the car?
3: few weeks in the shop I've got a rental for now
8: Mm, I'm glad you got that figured out
3: they had some questions you know about my car and what happened to it
8: Uh, did you tell them what I told you
3: no I told them that the secretary did it
8: you you told them Dylan crashed yeah but that's not true isn't it his license is revoked You are aware of that, right?
3: Temporarily. We'll work his schedule
8: around it. We were attacked, Logan. No one crashed.
3: You have to understand that that's not a sound basis for me to go off of. Legalistically. Attacked by what, Tara? Ghosts? Look,
8: I don't really know. Dylan can vouch for me. He saw... Well, he didn't see. They can pick and choose who they appear to, I guess.
3: They? Who's they? I'm not sure. But they can... Pick and choose.
8: I haven't quite figured out, you know, the logistics, but...
3: You're suggesting things that defy science. The very laws of this world. Well,
8: physical laws don't equate spiritually, so I think it may be
3: possible So you're suggesting that these are spiritual, not physical. (laughs) Then how did you see it? How did it destroy my car? I don't know.
8: I just know what I've been seeing.
3: Do you have any proof?
8: Actually, yes.
1: Tara whips out her notebook, scrambles through the pages, landing on the orange one that attacked her upon arrival, and hands it over. Logan squints at it, grunts, then puts on a pair of glasses. He grunts again, not out of spite, but rather honest to great confusion for what he's seeing.
3: Is this a mushroom boy? No, a spider? No,
8: no, it's neither. I can't quite... I'm not... This is what I saw! Huh. His eyebrows kiss
1: disinterested. He gives the notebook back.
3: Tara, Dylan's gotten into minor accidents before. It was early, you were both a little sleepy. No need to cover for him.
1: She feels a rise in her chest when
8: that summer's fast. The public records and stuff? Is that from the library?
3: Yes. Everything that's public is in the public library. What are you up to?
8: I'm going to see if I can find anything that may help us.
3: You're going to go read.
8: Oh, I won't be clocked in, if that's your
3: concern. (laughs) Do what you want on your own time, then. Did you see that somebody signed into that cancellation spot at four?
8: Did they really? Tara checks her
1: watch. It's 350. She bites back a curse. Did they say what four?
3: I didn't read it. Not my business. See how that works? Right. Oh. And library locks up at five. Right.
1: Logan's smile is genuine. Tara's smile is not.
3: Have a nice night, Tara. See you at dinner. (laughs) Right.
9: Intermission. Well, let's get back to it.
1: It's after hours in Lyoth Hall. It's just as big, but bigger somehow. It always is, isn't it? In the dark. Tara feels this expanse sink into her goodwill as she loiters, begrudgingly helpless outside of the public library, located on the ground floor of Lyoth Hall. The normally bustling lobby is quiet and cold. Tara has already tried tugging on the handles, locked. She now sits on a bench in the hall, mulling her options. Tara's mind is quite set on this. She could wait until tomorrow, but it's a fuller day than this, and it's closed on the weekend. It had to be tonight. Mainly because she wanted it to be. And fuck, that's valid. Dylan is sleeping. Agnes is on a weekend trip. Luciana's got a night class. And Logan. Well, Tara wasn't about to ask Logan. That
4: leaves. Okay, okay, okay. It's yours. Nah, nice, I Ellie's. just.
5: Sweat. It's Ellie's. I'm not playing. So it's your oh, turn, my
4: shoe.
5: Shuck. Shuck. Responsibly. Shuck. Responsibly.
1: Chuck. The Lyons' uh, siblings parade down the stairs, hailing from their residential floor. Mikhail leads the progression. A paint-smothered shirt that says, Kiddos do art too. The number two, not the adverb with a double O, hangs off of him. He's nursing a bottle of something dark. Eller staggers right behind him, completely untucked. Slick hair fraying at the sides as if he had some place to be and some folk to be with and doesn't anymore. Dune drags along in third place. He looks like the exact number of hours he's been sleeping lately. Not great. They are struggling with the stairs much more than Ellie, who trails behind them with her hands wordly splayed out. Ellie looks great and is wearing her fun linen pants.
0: Big thumbs up, Ellie. Oh, thank the great they. Tara, hey! Hey,
8: Ellie. Yo, Tara! Yo, Dune! Tanya! Elijah! Hello, Tara! Hello, Mike! What are you all up to? It's a celebration. Whoa! <laughs> what are we celebrating? The death of my career. It is not. Oh, what happened?
5: Well, you—you you see, I work at Kid Art. No, I—I I art class those kiddos' art. Uh. Kid education school He's the
0: elementary art teacher. It was awful today. <laughs> like my whole secondary staff was talking about it.
5: Yeah, what happened though? You won't tell us. Yes, because I'm gonna it's gonna die with me. We'll hold a stunning natural burial next week.
0: That is an incredibly eco friendly way to go. Uh thank you. Yeah. Mikey well had that happened. Dune's cranky because he doesn't believe in naps. I'm not cranky.
4: And, and I don't need a nap.
0: Got canceled. I told you it wasn't a date. And folks keep throwing stuff at me in class, and we all somehow ended up here like this.
4: Crankin'
9: Well,
0: I'm not. I just don't like the taste of alcohol. I like to be level-headed, and someone's got to supervise them. You know. Oh
1: yes. I bet it's a full-time job. Ellie looks upon Tara with admiration in this moment. This teacher's appreciation is interrupted by a rather elite burp from Dune, I think?
3: Sorry,
5: that was me.
8: I stand corrected.
5: Nice.
0: What are
8: you doing, Tara? I just wanted to check out the library when it wasn't crowded, but it's locked.
4: That blows. Yo, we have a library key. I got one right now. Really? Yep. It's our house. We got keys to things.
5: You just making a statement, or are you offering
4: it to the the Terra? (laughs) (laughs) The Terra. Do you want this?
1: Dune offers Terra a small bronze key. Terra juggles with whether or
8: not unlocking the store is truly worth it. Thanks.
5: What's in the library that isn't on your phone?
8: There are just some books I wanted to look up, see if I could find anything.
4: That's vague. Sounds sneaky, sneaky.
8: Oh, affirmative! It's the sneakiest.
4: Mm, don't believe her. Nuh-uh. probably
5: looking up trees. Ducks. Or...
8: No, it's trees.
5: What kind of trees, huh? Uh, f- trees like fern.
0: That's not. That's not a tree. W-
5: well, what's the family fern bush? Oh, <laughs> oh wait.
0: yeah.
8: Y'all have a family fern bush?
4: Uh yeah.
8: Okay. Terra sticks the key in the lock of
1: the library doors and steps inside. Darkness seeps out of this mass of space colder than the hall. I don't think she wants us to- Eller flips on the lights.
5: (gasps) Woo!
1: Mikhail and Dune have some fun with the echoes. Eller sits at one of the desks and watches them the way a fountain statue watches a bird playing in the water below.
8: Expressionless. A bit bored.
0: What are you looking for?
8: I'm researching some uh mystic
0: historical fiction type stuff. Just for fun. Oh sounds so interesting. Can I help? The system can be a little confusing at first. Actually, yeah. That'd be great. Tara and Ellie loom
1: over one of the dusty desktops. Ellie sits and taps at the chunky keyboard
0: keys. What's the keyword? Try shadow folks. Shadow folks. It may take a minute. Things run slower at night. Less light means less energy, mostly because our solar panels aren't-
5: on, on the north roof like they're supposed to be? That was simultaneously the worst and most boring sentence you have ever said.
0: Oh, here we go. Silhouettes. There's this one scroll about ghosts. A scroll? How odd. Even here. Tara watches the scrawling
1: list over Ellie's shoulder. It's a dead end. Folks wasn't the right word. I mean, they weren't, were they? Ghosts and silhouettes couldn't
8: do that to a car. Try Creatures of Darkness.
0: Let's see. Creatures of Darkness. Darius's Return. Oh,
5: don't read that. Why not? It's the fourth one in a series. And it's pronounced Darius? It's fucking not.
0: What next, Tara? I'll take it from here. Uh, Okay. If you find something you want, I can help
1: track it down. Thanks. Ellie sticks around for a beat as Tara claims the chair. Her shoulders droop a bit as she rejoins her brothers. Tara blocks out their drunken noise as she tries to find descriptors for the things she has seen.
8: Monster. Too concrete, no. A uh, unknown thing? Specific, but strangely known. Looming danger.
1: Abstract, no. Wait. Wait. She stumbled across an article on the day of the prophet. Terra isn't quite inclined to read it. She knows what that is. And we will too when the time comes. One thing
8: catches her eye, though. Some think that the ancient texts preserved in these pre prophetic sanctuaries hold some secret to the lost chapter in history, a looming danger. That's your keyword. That we may not remember. Hmm.
1: Hmm. Some worrisome thing tells Tara that she may just be the one remembering. She shoves that thought away,
8: it reoccurs. Pre prophet establishments. Phallus has. Two. Okay, great. Where? Sanctuary of Disburden. What
1: does that mean? Mm. Sounds like a destination for another time. Besides, it's miles up a hill on the other side of town. But the other...
8: The Chapel of Living Things is... Tara's doing math. Excuse her. Not that far? Fifteen minute drive? Sounds doable, for our purposes.
1: Very interesting. Tara gets an idea. It's a hesitantly neutral idea. As in, it's sneaky and a tad exploitative, but it's not downright wrong as far as her role as spiritual advisor goes. She thinks, maybe. Terra saunters to the Lyoths, who have narrowed their energy into looking at picture books.
8: You folks want to go on
1: an adventure?
5: Yes! What kind? I have nothing else going on.
1: Terra purses her lips definitively as four pairs of Lyoth eyes narrow...
8: We could play dare or else. Off to a great start.
4: You mean truth or dare?
8: No. Dare or else.
4: What's the difference?
8: Well, this is more like go on a mini quest of spiritual self actualization or else.
4: Or else
5: what?
8: Tara shrugs.
5: How many of
4: a quest? Moderately. How long of a quest?
8: Just long enough. Is this a profit thing?
4: Perhaps. Do we have to?
1: No. In a rather stunning move, Tara laps up the books, places them cleanly on the book cart, and exits the room. She loiters by the doorway on the verge of a nervous sweat. There's a moment of silence in the library, enough for Tara to feel nervous when she hears them attempt to whisper.
5: What did she call it? Uh, self shelf out? Quest of self-application.
0: Self-actualization. Yeah, there's no way I'm doing that. Mm, I mean... Kind of feels like we should, huh? Meh! Mm. Hmm.
5: I mean... Like, it I... feels
0: awkward if we don't do it after the wise woman suggests it. You don't
5: have to do everything she says. It's not like she's in charge.
0: Yeah, but, like, the great they is, and she kind of works for them.
4: Of course. Let's yoink religion off in our free
0: time again. It's I... not. I'm not. It's
5: just... Okay, okay look. I am a grown-ass adult folk, and I'm not going to play. You fucking, fucking spin the bottle with my brethren. <clears throat> brethren? My point is <laughs> that, What a dick thing to say.
0: Yeah, no one really talks like that.
5: Dost thou dare to duel, my brethren? <laughs> yeah.
4: Did you drink some bad maid, LR? Are
0: we playing or
4: what?
5: Well,
0: okay, I mean. She's going to make us regret our life
5: choices. I can feel it. Oh, I can't afford
0: that. I mean, we're gonna end up playing. He has a point. We tend to talk around things we can't agree on, but never find a concrete substitution. What? Lots of words that I don't believe. We are not playing.
4: Yeah. I can't hear anything anyone is saying.
0: Read my mouth, Dune.
4: Read south. I don't know what that means.
5: No, that's not what she... (coughs) Yeah, I'm done whispering. I think
4: they...
0: I want to play. Of
5: course you do.
0: Aren't you curious, Eller?
5: Nope. Not now. Not ever. I mean, fuck, I really am. I'm hearing that we're playing. No, wait a sec. Let's
0: do it.
5: Yup. Ah, no. Nuh-uh. Three against one. It always is. We're playing, Tarot. Tarot. Fuck it. Tarot. That's it. This is the straw. I hate my life.
4: Oh.
1: Oh. Some things just happen that are out of our control, Eller. Dune, Mikhail, and Ellie rush out of the library to track down their prophetess. Eller sulks behind. Oh, hey.
8: We're ready. Excellent. Who wants to go
0: first? First? Uh, do we all have to? Uh, no.
5: Make
4: Mike.
0: No, not that good.
4: I'll do it. Wait. No, I don't want to.
0: I can if no one else wants to. No,
4: I want to. I'll fucking, I'll do it. Dare me, Terra.
0: Okay.
8: Give me a moment to consult.
4: With
6: who?
5: With whom? That's not even how you use yes, that. It correctly. Is. Yes, it is. Whom takes place. Uh, when shut you up, can't... shut up. Oh my
0: GT. I think she means them. Capital T.
1: Tara steps away from the horde and firstly asks for some preliminary forgiveness for exploiting her connection with the spiritual realm. What's she doing?
0: She's talking to them. Ah,
4: great them.
5: Oh, <laughs> what do you think they sound like? Uh, Dune, go. Uh, a bit like
4: this.
5: <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Walt, well,
4: well. like right. Oh, uh, I think you're all right. I think you're all right. Dune, what do you think she'll have you do? I kind of think I've got to lick something, <laughs> but in a much more real sense. I don't know. Shh. Oh, okay. sorry. sorry, sorry.
8: If this is a bad idea, tell me now. In all of her prophetic schooling
1: and overt knowledge, Tara is not sure that's how it works. But like us all, Tara is sure that no warning signs take place within these seven seconds of silence,
8: which can't be a bad sign. All right, Dune. I know what you have to do.
4: Okay, okay. I'm ready. I'm so ready.
8: Go to the oldest chapel in the territory and- Tara pauses dramatically,
1: biding her time for the right word. The Liath's watch completely enthralled. She thinks of things that one normally does in a chapel and
8: picks the second one. Kneel.
4: Kneel.
5: Why?
8: That's between you and them.
5: Is that all? Kneel?
8: Apparently. What will that do? That's for Dune to find out.
5: Do we get to go too?
8: Familial support is always welcome. Or else what? What?
5: He means dare or else what. Let's get going.
8: Oh. I think you know.
1: Cruel, but necessary. She sure hopes he has an idea in mind, because she really doesn't. Surely enough, something quite awful dips into Dune's fears. He does not look excited about that. In fact, he looks fairly nauseated. Uh, When? No time like the present.
5: But wait, oldest chapel in the territory? Which is that?
1: Chapel of living things, Tara would like to say, but that sure would complicate things, wouldn't it? Yet, how to incite spontaneous revelation,
0: she wonders.
5: There's that one in West Middletown.
0: But that's not a chapel. Mm, I'm sensing old. Uh,
5: Like... How old?
0: Like,
8: pre... Pre... Oh, pre-prophetic! Yes! That's it. There is one close enough. Oh, but where? Oh,
5: fuck! I wasn't expecting a geography quiz! Uh Oh, come on, priestess. No, that's post-prophetic. Uh,
1: Just as Tara is about to blurt out the answer as some divine revelatory shenanigan, Ellie comes in clutch one last time.
8: Living things. Chapel of Living Things! Ah! Yes! That one.
5: I feel it. Oh, we haven't been there in years.
8: So, what an excellent time to go now.
5: But it's closed.
8: Is it really? Well, hmm. Tara
0: hadn't thought about that.
5: Bummer. Looks like we can't go. I left. mean, like,
0: there aren't any doors, nothing's locked. It's just outside of business hours.
1: What an interesting thought, Ellie. Tara points at her, rejuvenated. Exactly. Spirituality
8: doesn't have a time restraint.
5: Is that the lesson? I don't see why we have to hey, go Hey, This to is Dune's quest. Yeah,
4: it's my quest.
5: Many
8: questions. I'd offer to drive, but
5: I'm frankly quite zooted. We'd uh, die.
0: I got it.
1: Keys? Mikhail hands her the cork to his bottle, smiles, sighs, and follows it with the keys. Well, Dune? He looks paler than he did.
4: Let's go.
1: The moon is the only thing in the sky. Ellie's driving, Tara's passenger. The three brothers take up the back seat. Eller is in charge of the radio.
0: You really like this? Eh, uh,
5: yep, it's killer. Oh, I think so too. Really? Uh, I don't know.
1: Dune isn't engaging. He's looking rather angstily out the window. It's not a far stretch to point a skeptic-like dune to a chapel. It's written across his forehead, spiritually insecure. It's a broad stroke she has taken, for sure. Yet he wonders how she does it. Ellie parks along the curbside at the edge of a dense, dark patch of woods.
5: Shoes off, folks. Like anyone's gonna notice?
0: The sign says to. It keeps the grass from getting trampled. I'm not
5: taking my shoes- fucking off, Eller! It's a respect issue!
1: Baffled and bothered, Eller complies. Terra follows suit as the shoes are untied and socks are stuffed inside. A sense of childhood accompanies this feeling of leaving her muddy boots at the entrance. Her toes hug soft blades of grass. Is
8: this it?
0: Yeah, pretty cool, right? Terra begs
1: to disagree. She doesn't see any chapel to speak of. Just a thick sheet of flush trees and flowering bushes.
5: She doesn't see it.
1: Eller. I mean, he's right.
5: Chapel of living things.
7: Look.
1: Eller jabs a finger at the trees. Terra first assumes that it's hidden behind them, but... She quickly realizes that it's compiled of them. Thick tree trunks and their branches and vines knit together the walls of this small chapel. The ground leading up to it is flush, trimmed.
8: But if you're allergic to any
1: of this,
5: you go to a different chapel.
1: There is little light, but the moon somehow bathes the place in a blue hue that's bold enough to see where they step. There are no seats in the chapel, but folded blankets along the walls hint that they are used throughout the day. Flowers of different wild assortments bloom out of the ceiling and crevices. The place is built like a simple drawing of the sun. One large circular room in its center, where we stand now, with five small leafy corridors leading into darkness. There is the faint hum of crickets, but they're somewhere far off beyond the entwined walls. This feels safe. Breathing. Alive. Protective. The siblings disperse. Tara waits at the door. She breathes in
8: and exhales. You're here, right? What now?
1: Wise woman. At the mouth of the hall stands a folkish figure with a wolf's head. It holds a bucket. Terra is stunned. She looks to the Lyaths for confirmation. Were they seeing this too? Was this another one of those things? Terra readies her stuff, but
0: then... I'm the designated driver. I have not drunk any alcohol ever not true. in my that life.
4: Is not Tara true. told us to come here. I didn't do anything Where's wrong. The That's true. We're just
5: looking. Sorry if we're loud.
10: You are welcome here. Just a little quieter, if you will, Lyaths.
5: Yeah, sorry. Okay. Okay.
10: The figure turns to Terra again.
1: That horrific wolf's head turns without the aid of a neck. But she can see now that it's mangled, brown and green. The voice is muffled. The mouth does not move. It's a mask, compiled of natural materials, Moss, wood, colored beads. Something about it is primal, beautiful,
10: and vastly unsettling. Who are you? I'm the groundskeeper, wise woman. I tend the chapel's life. They offer a hand to Tara, smudged with soil. Tara shakes it firmly. Tara,
8: prophetess. Look, I asked them to bring me here. I didn't mean to invade or
10: anything. I just really need to find some answers. This chapel welcomes anyone who seeks it for right. Feel free to wander, Lias. Wise woman. Tara. It's Tara. Tara. Walk
1: with me. She glances into the sanctuary, where Dune considers kneeling in front of a flower bush, but hasn't yet. His eyes are squeezed shut, lips moving with no words coming out. Ellie stands in the back, gnawing on her fingernails, Eller sprawled across the lawn with his phone illuminating his face. Mikhail has wandered somewhere.
10: Tara follows the groundskeeper. For a future reference, the chapel is upkept by a groundskeeper 24 hours a day, so you can always expect company. You live here? At times, we take shifts. We are groundskeepers, and there is a lot of ground to keep. What do you think of the chapel? It's amazing. All the ones from back home are much more modern. When was this place built? The trees are hundreds of years old. This chapel has been the work of centuries of folks. It survived wars, wildfires. How? The groundskeeper shrugs. They gesture up, then around. What is your role as a prophetess? What do you do specifically? Oh. Well,
8: dreams? I kind of get what those mean, most of the time. I'm pretty good at knowing the outcomes of situations, impulses. So you know the future. I can infer the future. I can make suggestions and do what I can, but nothing is ever 100%. Otherwise, it wouldn't be free will. Exactly. Folks are capable of change. I like to think that my duty is to help them figure out what that means for them.
10: What their spirit needs. How? What do you mean? How do you facilitate change? I… I show them other ways.
8: Tell them when they're on a wrong path, what potential consequences lie in their wake…
10: And that brings change? I guess. Yeah. And what if they don't change? Do you allow the consequences to consume them? Every folk can change. That doesn't mean that every folk will. Is that their fault? Or yours, or perhaps our great days. Things seem quieter than they were.
1: The crickets have quit humming. The liaths are silent. Out of the corner of her eye, Terra sees Eller pause mid stride.
10: I don't know. That's good work. Not knowing something. Admitting it. Why are you here? I was called. I don't know why. I mean, now. Why are you breaking into the chapel after hours with the Lyaths? She dwells on the creature that tore Logan's car, sending
1: her and Dylan spiraling through the hills. She remembers the quizzical shadow
8: that messes with lights in Lyath Hall. I'm researching something and read that
10: Vallis's chapel might
8: have answers that the library doesn't.
10: So you have coerced them into bringing you here. I wouldn't call it that. I would. They pause
1: and perhaps look at her. The mask veils any hint of clarity or meaning. Tara's fingers begin itching from her nervous
10: grip on her staff. But the Lyaths needed to come here tonight, for whatever reason. So I suppose they have no qualms you need to take a look at our private texts? Could I? Of course. We are on the same side, I think. Terra
1: follows the groundskeeper down one of the long branches. She's not going to find it useful. So let us digress from her and focus on the family left behind. Dune is still working on that whole kneeling thing. He's breaking into a sweat. He feels physically unwell, and this place? This place always makes it worse. Dune feels now as though he may never sleep again. No worse. He feels that he may die now. Or now. Not now. Not now enough to wait around for it anyways. Ellie is lucid and thinking a hundred miles a minute. Her mind races from school to her brothers to her parents to helping Terra to the chapel and back again through all the points. Eller is trying incredibly hard to disassociate, and is succeeding to the point that that's really all I have to say. Good job, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mikhail wanders the halls of the sanctuary alone. He comes across a large mural embedded into the branches of the wall. It looks... Well, I'm not sure that I'm the one to try and describe it. You're up.
5: It's definitely pre-prophetic era. You can tell because of the bristle strokes. Oil paints, greener palette, but but then it would be post-prophetic. They couldn't have mixed those colors. If it is, then just barely.
1: Naturally. What is it of, though, Mikhail? What's this painting about?
5: I don't know. It's not very good.
1: Even I could tell you that. The proportions are off.
5: So bulbous. Those elbows?
1: Noodles?
5: Are bending wrong and, yeah, it's just not great.
1: Then why is it here?
5: must be made by someone important. Just not an important artist.
1: He thinks about this thing that he is beginning to feel spouting these facts as if he had just heard them as he mushed together masterpieces in the back of class. He's picking that thing apart as he takes another drink. How's it going? Tara stands at the mouth of the hall. She's empty-handed,
8: save for the staff.
5: Dune's still working on it.
8: Working on what? Oh, right. I'll give him space, then. They watch the painting
1: for a vacant little bit. What is it?
5: It's a mariflage.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Terra nods ghostly. Hesitant. The same nod you gave just now when you also had no idea what that word means.
5: That just means it was painted away from the wall on like a canvas or plaster or something, and then plastered into it after the work was done. And that's exciting. Well, Well, proportionally, I guess.
1: Hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. He sets down his bottle and points at the patches of greenery peeking through the edges of the painting.
5: You can see how the moss traces the indent of the original canvas, which isn't an interesting fact anywhere but specifically here, because it's adhered to the greenery wall by something manufactured, which must mean that this is one of the only non-living things in the chapel. Besides Dune. Dune. (laughs) Get it? Because he looks dead inside.
0: Let himself actualize.
8: Is he going to be okay?
5: Dune isn't a fan of looking inward.
8: He's not going to like having me around then.
5: Oh, definitely not.
8: What happened today? At kiddos do Uh, art
5: too? Oh, the shirt is, it wasn't my idea. Uh Uh-huh. Benton puked in the paint bucket, then didn't tell anyone.
8: Oh, Benton. It
5: was finger paint day.
8: What's finger paint day? Uh,
5: They're blindfolded and they finger paint. It's supposed to be low-key and abstract and fun, real fun time, unless your art teacher, it was me, stepped out for literally two seconds to grab more trays and your name is Naya and you open your eyes expecting canary yellow and instead get Benton's lunch. The class is traumatized.
8: (laughs) Is Benton okay?
5: Oh, Benton's fine. That's the worst part. (laughs) (laughs)
8: That's really not funny. (laughs) It
2: really is.
1: (laughs) The groundskeeper turns the corner and begins to whistle. Tara finds herself lost in the painting. It doesn't strike her as a terrible painting. Sure, it's not the best, but they sure did try. And it doesn't take long for her to see it. She sees a familiar form. Not a face, rather the lack of one. Hazy light eyes. It's different. Not angles or long and tenderly, and not orange or blue. This one is green and blobbish, but the essence is the same. Those! What are those? Oh,
5: oils! Tara, fingers are a no no.
1: No, these, what are they? I don't know, but. Mikhail's tense. And the groundskeeper, who wasn't right next to them a moment before, but is now, is tenser.
10: That's our oldest piece! Stop touching sorry, it. Sorry, I just wanted to I had a question about the shadow folk? Yeah, they're a bit of a mystery. One of the ancient prophets painted this. I believe Amphorn?
5: Ah. Uh, that makes sense.
10: Why?
1: Uh Mikhail does not want to say prophets are bad artists. So I will.
10: Uh-oh, <laughs> I have. We speculate it's a depiction of what the territories may have fought on the Day of the Prophet. I thought most territories fought together against the territory of Ignis. History doesn't change, but it does tend to lie. It's an old painting, older than most texts about the event, and since no label or title has ever been given to them, they're just lore. Lore. Nothing about them? Anywhere? Not that I know of. Hmm. Why do you ask these things? Have you seen them before? Tara swallows a lump of coal
1: and glances at Mikhail. He's wandered pretty far down the hall, watching a bug try to wiggle out of the chapel through the wall, and it's not working. She makes a decision as the groundskeeper waits.
8: They've been following me. For weeks, even before I got here, and it's been getting worse ever since. One tried to kill me on my way to Vallis. One is stalking Lyoth Hall. I fear there are more everywhere. They're following me, specifically, or that family, and I don't know why. The groundskeeper nods once.
10: Twice. This chapel is sacred, Tara. Not a place to mock the great prophets of our past. No! I'm... I'm not. I'm really... I really, must ask you all to wrap up. I have to water the grounds. Yes. Of course. Thank you. They walk away, informing the family. In the
1: main room, Dune's having a rough go. His shoulders heave. The groundskeeper decidedly gives a wide berth as they disappear down another hall. And... Terra looks at this nondescript painted shadow with some disappointment. The lore. Is that what they're called? There is a perhaps in this silence.
8: I did this for nothing. No. No.
1: Not nothing. For in the main room, Dune lieth, surrounded by a mildewy mess of his own tears, has knelt and even dared to close his eyes. I dare not bother him, but I do dare to scooch us minutes forward back into the car. Ellie drives them home, tired. Dune sits passenger, very still. Also tired, maybe, maybe not, but definitely might be. Tara is squashed between a drowsy Mikhail and a slouchy Eller who is still in charge of the music. When they get home to Lyth Hall, most of the lights are dark.
0: Good night, Tara. That was a lot of fun.
1: Bye.
5: Yeah, night.
4: Oh, uh, yeah.
0: Thanks.
1: On the second floor, it's waiting for her. The same tall, cascading, blue, foggy, thing. poised high that had led her to Eller and messed with the lights. It stands in the center of the hall, watching her, faceless, but still condescending
8: somehow. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Whatever you're going to do, just fucking do it! It seems
1: to shrug and slips into Dune's room. Wait, no! Flashbacks. What one did to a car could another do to a folk? Tara knocks on the door. She gets no response.
5: Uh. Dune,
1: can I come in? She tries the handle. Unlocked, Tara throws open the door and clutches her staff, ready to swing. It's trashed in here, just messy. Her eyes dart around the room, looking for the lore, then looking for Dune. She sees neither. The windows open. Great day, the windows open. Tara? Dune, are you okay? The voice comes from a tiled room to the left. Terra rushes the door and spots Dune. Alone. Alive. Sitting on the floor, arm hanging off the toilet bowl.
4: Yeah, I've just been anxious and tired. Uh-huh. And...
1: Tara's eyes dart around the apartment, scanning each crevice, debating if the lore could hide behind doors, under beds, in the shadows. You haven't been sleeping? Why?
4: I don't know. Just think a lot about what happens after we die. I don't
1: know. Okay. She peeks into the closet. No lore.
4: Look, what are you doing here? To make me feel worse? Haven't you done enough tonight? I was
1: just... A switch flips. And she looks at Dune. She really looks at Dune. And Dune looks... Tired. Past the eyes and directly... Burrowing into his soul, the fatigue lies. It's as if she can see the thoughts and scares, trading spots and jumping and staying in place. He watches Terra back. She doesn't know what he's seeing, but it pierces the balloon keeping her head in the sky.
8: She tumbles back down to earth. I need to apologize. What? There was never an or else... The truth is, I wanted to get to the chapel tonight for selfish reasons, and I used you and Ellie and your brothers as a vessel. I really didn't put into consideration what that would do to you. I shouldn't have made you think that you were on a high-stakes quest of self-actualization. I shouldn't have manipulated you into having a pseudo-spiritual experience. And I don't think it helped you.
4: Okay. Um, thanks. Thank you. Didn't know prophets were allowed to exploit. Yeah, well,
8: folks are allowed to fuck up, Dune. Sorry. I'm just, I'm frustrated. Not with you. I'm tired.
4: I am too.
1: Something softens in Dune. His combat line withdraws and he stands, leaning against the sink.
4: It's just the idea that there's something going on that I can't see. That haunts me. It stresses me out, and I get get so scared. And time feels relative and meaningless, and I feel too little. I can't figure out a way to do it. So... No offense, but you being here and living here really, you know, amplifies... that.
8: Hmm. I hear you. I'm not here to scare you. I know. But I'm not really here to make you feel good either.
4: I... (laughs) Okay. So
8: it's alright if you're not ready, but I'm not really one for letting folks stay comfortable. You feel me? She watches us Dune, has some thoughts. Once he doesn't share.
4: What were you looking for at the chapel?
8: Something that haunts me.
4: Should I be worried about it?
1: She doesn't know. But for now, she's sure.
8: No. It's a profit thing. She fishes
1: through her bag and whips out a packet of leaves.
4: <laughs> oh, I've been there, and it just makes me more anxious. Believe me, I've tried many a This time. is
8: chamomile mix. <laughs> it's not going to make you fall asleep, but it smells nice and it'll be nice and warm, and there's some evidence that stuff like this helps your neurons, or
4: something. Neurons. Okay.
1: He takes a packet. Then he takes two. Thanks. Terra takes one last look around. No lore. She still wonders about that. This is the second Lyath it has led her to. As she turns to go, her mouth
8: moves before she can form the thought. Dune? I think you have more time than you think. What a
1: brilliant notion. What an odd thought. Dune doesn't know what to say to that, so he doesn't say anything at all. It heals something, though. They part ways at his door, him towards the kitchen, tea leaves rustling, and Terra to her room.
4: Good night, Terra.
1: Not the prophetess, but Terra. That night, Terra falls asleep faster than usual. Perhaps it was the long escapade or the knowledge that she works early tomorrow. Or perhaps, most likely, it's because she left the staff at the door. She has a job to do. If they're just going to sit on the sidelines, Tara figures that the Lord can wait a little longer. We
0: hope.
9: Bark Chips. I am Hope Bellinger, director and producer of Average Folks. Thank you for listening to this episode. Introducing Luke Peters as Benton, Karen Lucky as the groundskeeper, David Shelby as the dreamer. Sound design and mixing by Luke De Lorenzo. Original music composed by Liam Greenlee. We're going to list some VIFs, very important folks that have made this adventure possible. Cameron Kisling, Day Thomas, Kayla Nickerson, Corey Patton, Sarah Fulton, Ali Schluchter, David Shelby, Lizard Sherbert, Dave and Ray, Austin R. Norton, Madeline McGowan, Kristen Simi. A big thank you to Rogue Media Network for all of their support. For updates and overall great vibes, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Average Folks Official. For further exploration, artwork, and merch, check out our website, average-folks.com. To contact us, email us at averagefolksofficial at gmail.com. Catch you next week, folks.